<laughs> it's the LGBT Chat Podcast, a space for LGBTQ friends and allies to share personal stories, current events, and life endeavors. Hosted by Aida Ramirez. Hello there, people of the universe. I know we said we needed a break, but um, some friends reached out and we had to talk to them. So here we are. We've unbreaked, unpaused, hit the unstop button. I don't know. Whatever we did, we did. And here we are <laughs> with a new episode. So thanks for welcoming us for another week of madness. Um, Shannon, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, inviting me to be on your podcast. So we're speaking with Shannon Ronan. Um, and are we talking about the business or the book? Or both? I mean, it's both. So I, I started a publishing company last year, um, the goals of which were to illuminate marginalized voices. Um, and the book I'm uh, set to, to publish, it's actually looking to have a release date of February or March of next year is um, centered around coming out stories. So it's called coming out together, uh, a collection of short memoirs and the LGBTQ plus experience. And, you know, a big part of the goals of it are just to help those going through the process of coming out to know that they're not alone or that it can, be- it can get better. That might not just be all that bad. Um, you know, some coming out stories are certainly hard. Uh, some are ugly and some just, some are good, but all of them are important. So I'm really excited to share this book with the world and, and, you know, let, let people know that they're not alone out there. That is so exciting. Um, We, we always talk about how we're, sometimes we need to constantly come out, how we're, sometimes we're coming out on a daily basis. Um, It's crazy, right? It is. I mean, that's, it's so true. Like, I think I came out yesterday um, to like a new, (laughs) new staff who's like, oh, like your husband, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, my wife actually, and she works here. And, um, and it was just funny. I'm like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> like 15 years after the fact and I'm still having right I, you know it's an ongoing thing I, I have had a lot of experiences you know the one you just spoke to and my wife and I have been together for 18 years and wow you know there's assumptions there uh, so what does your husband do or you know those kind of things how it's many children do you ingrained. have mm-hmm. <sighs> totally <laughs> I love it I love it. People are so um, inquisitive and and um, ruinous. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, here we are. So yeah. what's the title of the book? Uh, it's titled Coming Out Together, a, a collection of short memoirs on the LGBTQ plus experience. Okay. That's long. Yeah. It, <laughs> how, do, how do we start? We're going to add it to the show notes. So you guys can just click on the link. Is it available? Are we, are we able to purchase it on Amazon? Not on Amazon, directly through me and my website. And then also, uh, you know, we'll have a multitude of wholesale accounts once it's out. Right now, we are, however, um, excitedly uh, have pre-orders available. Um, so that, that was really exciting. We started offering those about two weeks ago. So um, we're there with that. And then, you know, in the other part of the process where we're at, it's a big, huge PR part of it all, right? So I'm sending out uh, advanced review copies to media outlets, pertinent people, hoping for some, some, you know, uh, potential quotes or blurbs for the back of the book. And then um, just really marketing that you can pre-order your book now, um, which, you know, really I'm in. super exciting. I mean, you know, I'm in. the way this fair. all came to fruition and just from idea to, to where it's at now, I'm, I'm 
really excited about all of it. Um, how'd you gather all the stories? How was that process? So, you know, I'll kind of go back to the origins of the idea behind it all because it it relates to the the stories and the connections and the the reason. So basically, um, in September 2021, I was driving out to a Brandi Carlisle concert at Red Rocks. And very gay of you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing venue. She's, you know, a huge fan of hers. Um, and I was driving through Laramie, Wyoming, which I don't know if that rings a bell for you, but the Matthew Shepard incident was, uh, it happened a few months after I came out back in 1998. And it was this, um, this gay guy who, you know, kid who was going to university of Wyoming and he was beaten and left to hang on a fence to die for 18 hours, all for just being gay. And, you know, it happened, I came from a small mountain town. I didn't know a single other gay person. So I having just come out and that happening really shook me. So when I saw I was driving through that town, I decided to stop at a a memorial bench that is there in his honor. Um, And it was, you know, uh, emotionally harder than I anticipated, but I kind of made a a silent promise to Matthew that day to do what I could in my capacity to not have his death go in vain. And, um, you know, just the seed was planted. I didn't know what it would look like that day, but I went on to Brandy Carlisle concert and there's this community of people we became friends with during COVID. Uh, I'll call them the Bramley. And we kind of all got brought together by music, but really stayed connected by this unifying innate need of feeling supported and seen as you are, um, you know, amazing people, very LGBT, you know, Q plus oriented. Um, But it occurred to me, you know, I had talked to a number of them about their coming out stories and I thought, wow, would it not be incredible to, to gather these and share them with the world just to help those going through it now or to create empathy for those that maybe need yeah. to read these stories. Um, and so that was really the, the origins. And so I decided to create a publishing company and um, a number of the stories are from this community of people, but, you know, I reached out to LGBT centers across the country and got a number of, uh, of stories from them having shared that with their community members. So uh, I think I got 20, 21 stories in the book and they're all uniquely beautiful. I mean, they ran, they run the spectrum, gay, lesbian, trans, um, you know, having a hard time with parents coming out, uh, the, sh- the shame around religion, all of, all of the above. Um, I'm, I'm just, yeah, really, really excited and proud to share it with the world. That's so dope. I love yeah. it. I mean, there's so <laughs> many, cause you're right. Like there's so you don't know who needs to hear those stories, whether it's like the person going right. through it or like the relatives, maybe a coworker that needs to find that empathy or, or doesn't know how to relate or, you know, if that makes any sense, it made sense in my head when I thought it. No, it completely um, makes sense. I mean, yeah. It's um, like, the book I wish I had growing up, you know, who'd have probably been under my mattress, but I w- wish I had had that book. Can, can you talk a little bit about your coming out process or is that, is that private? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, I grew up in a small mountain town. I didn't really know anybody else that was gay. So I, I was in the closet for a couple of years. My best friend and I, um, you know, was my first girlfriend and um, it, it was hard, you know, to go through that experience and not be able to share it with friends. But also I remember walking down the hallways in high school and just being so elated and in love for the first time, like all those emotions that go with it. But then like a stab in the stomach here and there would be like this just dread of guilt based around religion. At the time I was a little bit more monotheistically religious than I am now, but 
um, that was a huge um, struggle for me was that the sh- that feeling of shame around it, not really knowing how to deal with it. So, um, but I was I very lucky with the friends and family that I had that were when I did come out, um, nothing but supportive. In fact, a few of them were like, well, duh, not surprised. Um, oh, my wife and dog just go, hi, Bert. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that you know, it's a very condensed version, but essentially that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was for me. I remember uh, you mentioned that gut, that punch gut thing and feeling, and mm-hmm. it just brought back, um, I guess, triggering feelings. Um, I feel like, I don't know if, if that's something that we all, if that, that shame ever goes away, um, even in like 2022, um, I mean, I like to think it does. I, um, I don't personally feel that shame anymore, which I'm, I'm proud of. And, you know, but let's be realistic about the fact that I live in San Francisco Bay area. Right. So, um, I have to be cognizant of the fact that a big part of me being accepted and accepting of myself has a lot to do with my surroundings. You know, if I was in some really small rural, you know, town somewhere else in the country it, it might be a different experience because it's you're made to feel shameful on a day-to-day basis almost yeah whether you know verbally or unconsciously or not it's you know it's it's there yeah I have I have I know people who um because of work or family or whatever are afraid to um you know to come out and um oh wow gosh I, I, I just I hate to hear that that's still and I live in Sin City, <laughs> Sin right? City of all places, right? And yeah. like these people are are living in like this miserable, you know, world, and and I don't know, it just like you can't you can't do anything, and it just it makes you feel so hopeless and helpless. Um, but for sure, I I remember feeling some of those same. Um, well, I remember also like it being an ignorant thing where where I was just like like, how does it work? Like, I know I'm attracted, but I know that like, I also am into this. And I'm like, how does that like, there was a a level of ignorance that (laughs) didn't allow me to fully comprehend what was going on. Um, But um, did it feel right? Like on some level, it resonated with you naturally, kind of, of course, but I also felt that um, like, I was for the first time in my life, everything made sense. But then I couldn't share it with the people that I loved. And I couldn't, you know, like, I felt shame to tell my sister who's my best friend or, um, or some of my coworkers or some of my, my good friends. And, and it was just like, but why? And it was just, I don't know. Um, but at least I went through the process and we're here. Um, I mean, living that truth, I think yeah. can be really, really hard depending on where you live and what your support system looks like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think part of the the goal I have with the book is to just help those going through it to know that there is community on the other side. And maybe it's not going to look like what they're used to mm-hmm. or what they have immediately surrounding them now. But there are people out there that are going to understand and empathize and, um, you know, be be a future support system for them, potentially. For sure. For sure. I mean, I grew up in New York and I just remember um, 
Like, I just remember growing up that I knew what my role was supposed to be. Like, they taught us how to cook by the age of nine and 10 so that we can be the perfect housewives. And they taught us how to, like, um, stay in shape and not gain weight so that we can find a, a good man that would take care of us and support us. Um, right. In the 90s, mind you. This is, like, what kind of background yeah, coming from. Yeah, this is in, from. like, 1950s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. This is not that long ago. <laughs> and I'm like, by 10, like, I already knew how to keep a whole household clean and, like, do laundry and, like, make a full, like, dinner meal and this, that, and the other. Um, or, like, I have, like, 12-year-old cousins who don't know how to, like, do ramen. Like, my wife now <laughs> is still looking up instructions on her Lipton tube. Right. Um, <laughs> so... It's crazy how experiences yeah. can be so different. And social stigma and social expectations can be like play such a mental part in who we think we're supposed to be and really block us from becoming who we were really meant to be. For sure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the publishing company? How was that process? How did, um, you know, it's, it's actually been amazing. It's something, um, you know, I, I also own a two chicks jerky company. I've ran that owned that founded it for the last nine years, uh, almost nine years. And, you know, so I had some basis for, you know, business development. However, this was a totally different process. So I, I ground zero had to teach myself. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I think when you're on the right path, sometimes how things will open up. And I went into a local bookstore and I was buying this book about starting a publishing company, 101. And the book uh, seller there was like, hey, take this guy's card. He's been publishing here locally for 30 years got in touch with him and he's become this amazing mentor to me. He's been very helpful answering questions. He believes in the mission of the book so much. He's actually um, put me in touch with the, the, the editing, the editor, the, the printing company, um, you know, all, all of those facets of, of creating a book. He's um, utilizing his connections to help me, which has been a, a, amazing. Um, but as far as the process, just everything that I'm learning, it's, I'm, I'm a lifelong reader. I love to read, but I really knew nothing about this side of it. Um, so it's been a, it's been a process, you know, it's been a over a year now since I, since I started the company. Um, and it's been a big learning curve, but it's the stuff I've, I've learned has been really, um, I, I find really interesting and I look forward to, you know, being able to publish more books on marginalized voices in the future. That's so awesome. Thank <laughs> you for existing. Um, you too. Thanks for this. How long have you been doing this podcast? Um, maybe seven or eight years That's on and great. off. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you had to pick like your favorite book or maybe narrow it down to a genre. <laughs> you know, I it's kind of easy for me. I have one. Uh, Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Yeah. Love that book. Iggy is my spirit animal or, you know, actually I need to find a better way of putting that. But uh, as far as like a, a fictional character that I like really it, like um, resounds for me, I, she would be, I, I just love that book and the movie. Um, I, I haven't read it or seen it, but I know it sounds very familiar. Um, my favorite, um, I know this much is true. By Wally. Oh um, yeah. Um, it's like the the size of a Bible, <laughs> and I've read it three times. I love that book. Um, I think it's just because it's everyone's so miserable. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, I'm really like, connected with that. <laughs> as a New Yorker, <laughs> right. or a former New Yorker, I can relate. 
Um, it's funny because they say live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard and live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. Have you gotten soft yet? Are you there? <laughs> you know, girl, I've lived my whole life in Northern California and I, I guess I'm pretty soft on some levels and pretty emotional, but I also have some fiery grit. So I don't know. That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. Um, so what else, what else can you tell us? What, can, what else can you share with us? Uh, I will say this. I, we're also with, with the book and like with my jerky company, um, I started a giving back initiative with, with the jerky company. And basically the goals of that were to, um, we donate every month to the looking out foundation. So with, with the publishing company, I want to do something very similar. Um, no matter what we do, we'll, we'll contribute to the looking out foundation. I love working with Catherine Carlisle. It's Brandy's wife uh, is the executive director and, um, they do such amazing work. I mean, from everything from uh, civil rights to immigrants to environment. So it was kind of this, this, you know, a nonprofit that we could donate to and they cover an umbrella of causes that we also, you know, that are also close to our hearts, but with the, with the publishing company, especially with this first book I'm doing of coming out stories, I'm also going to be donating um, a percentage of uh, book sales proceeds to the Matthew Shepard foundation, which Mm -hmm. his parents started, um, you know, after he passed. And uh, they do amazing work. So I'm really excited about that, too. I kind of just feel like not only am I trying to help heal people by being able to share their stories and even write, just write them, even if it doesn't sell a single more, you know, a single copy. The authors have already emailed me and just said how how healing and and, um, empowering, maybe. Yeah, just writing their story out. Um, And then, you know, in addition, um. So, you know, illuminating those marginalized voices and then those that read it may be developing empathy. Um, the key is getting the right people to to read it. But then on the back end to contribute to these organizations to help them with their important work on a bigger on a bigger level. Um, I'm just I'm really, I'm really excited and, and proud of of all all the work that's going into it and what yeah. it's going to look like. It's interesting how how um, speaking your truth um, or writing your truth, uh, will help you heal. Um, and I find it that like sometimes, um, having conversations like these around the show, uh, where things come up and you're like, wow, I hadn't actually thought about that in ages. And, um, and and you realize how much that's either been hurting you, holding you back. Um, or, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's really powerful and empowering to, to, to share your story, um, because you don't know who, like, like we said before, who it might, who might, who it might impact or affect. Um, yeah. And I don't, are you familiar with, uh, Sarah Bareilles? Yes. I love, so she's my song, spirit animal. <laughs> okay. Her song brave. She wrote for yeah. a friend struggling with coming out. I tried for two months to get in touch with her on social media. Who knows, you know, she, so many people. So I saw she was performing in her hometown of Eureka, which is four hours from us. I somehow managed to get tickets. My wife had the idea of creating a sign, asking her permission to use the lyrics to brave in our book, somehow managed to get front row despite hundreds of people in front of us. They were, you know, all wanting to be further back so they could sit in chairs front row. She was starting. We could tell she was introducing brave, put our sign up. Not only did she give us permission in front of 10,000 people mentioned open air press, but in like, you're going to need to repeat this so you can record it and had us record it. You can use the lyrics. To, girl, we have the sign. I got it. I just got to show you. Uh, I love so, it. It's on our, it's on our social media, but 
Can you see it? No, because it's, you have the blurred background, so I can only oh, see your face. Oh, darn it. But I see Anyways, Brave. I see Brave. <laughs> can we please use the lyrics in Brave in our book of coming out stories at Open Air Press? She she repeated it verbatim and said, approved, in front of oh, the entire concert crowd. This. this was like a month ago. It was absolutely, like, mind-blowingly beautiful. We love her. Um, so that's huge. It's so cool. So we get to use those lyrics in our book. That's dope. It's pretty um, awesome. Yeah. She, um, so I have some sort of HDHD or something where like, I can't remember crap, right? I can't remember like names or titles, but, um, but, uh, I hear the melody and I know Sarah Bareilles. I don't know what the song is. I don't know what the lyrics are. It'll come to me halfway through the song, but I would sing right yeah. now, but it would not help things. <laughs> but I love Sarah Bareilles. I love the sound. It just it puts me at peace. Um, instantly yeah. almost it's so soothing. Um, yeah, she's incredible. Do you have any, any tips for readers like me who tend to get distracted very frequently, um, on how to stay focused? Well, what's great about this book is it's a collection of short memoirs. So you don't have to read it. You can read one or two stories a night and not feel like, oh, shoot, a chapter is like 50 pages. It's, you know, yeah. it's a collection of stories. So as far as a lot of us nowadays, you know, thank you, social media and uh, being on our phones and screens all the time. A lot of us have, you know, ADHD. Yeah. Um, I will say this book plays to that because you can you can choose to just read a story or two at a time. I meant more like in general, Shannon. Oh. <laughs> what my advice to battling the ADHD? Put the phone in the other room when you sleep, which I need to take my own advice. I don't <laughs> So when like I just I remember being drawn into like the Arlstein books and um uh Fear Street, I don't know is it Fear Street or something when I was in middle school. Um, they were like mystery novels, um, from Stephen King, I think, or Goosebumps. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But like that got me into going into the library and getting a library card in New York and, um, and reading in another language, um, other than Spanish. And, um, and I remember, um, I couldn't stay and we didn't have internet at home <laughs> back then. And I just right? remember, no, I remember, but like that. So the, the phone and the, the internet was not a distraction in my case, but so people that are genuinely like, obviously distracted. Um, do you have any tips or do you, can you recommend any books? If you can, I mean, it's fine. I, <laughs> just put I you definitely on the spot. recommend one book I would recommend. Um, that's very empowering, um, that I love that I, I read and I promptly read again and highlighted was Glennon Doyle's untamed. Okay really an amazing, empowering, being present, um, owning yourself, um, you know, the need for boundaries Mm -hmm. in your life, whether work, personal, um, but written so just elegantly and at her podcast also. She has, yeah, I do. But she has a word with a way with words. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's so eloquent and the way she, she puts a sentence together. It's just fascinating to me. Glennon Doyle is a different beast. She's a different kind of. She's BA. got the talent. Yeah. She's very eloquent. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think her wife just, Abby just released something uh, recently. Wolfpack. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was recently yeah. or not, but <laughs> I remember seeing it. Fairly recently. I think it was within the last year. 
Um, that's also just a really good uh, book. And I, I, you know, I grew up playing softball through college. So Abby's approach, as far as the things you learn in team sports, sports, I really can kind of jive with, you know, uh, sportsmanship, fairness, uh, working as a team, all of those things you learn playing, you know, team sports. So that, that book really speaks to a lot of those themes. Yeah. So what else is there? (laughs) (laughs) You know, what else can you share with us? I just, I, I ha- I'll have this to say, I just, my, my hope for this book is just to really contribute to the positive, positive ripple effects of progress. Um, I think giving illuminating voices in this manner, I think is going to, I hope have a resounding effect and, and reach, um, I will do what I can for it to reach as many people as possible. Um, and I hope that when people read it, they'll be touched enough to want to share it as well. And, and, you know, keep those ripple effects going. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, Shannon, if you can tell 15 year old Shannon a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh my gosh. (sighs) Oh, um, (laughs) I always say that. And I, I, so for some reason I forget my answer, but then I always come back to the same and it's always be kinder to yourself. Um, because I feel That's like we're we're, yeah. we're our, our worst critics, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was I, that one, and or you know, believe in yourself more. Um, don't let yourself be. Don't 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 believe those who are trying to make you feel less than. Mm. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> So we're going to we're going to be adding all the links to the show notes so you guys can catch it um, and find uh, Shannon and the book and all those cool links for you guys. Um, And I think that's it, Shannon. (laughs) Yeah, I thanks again for having me on. I I really appreciate you responding to my to my email and, and being willing to let me talk about the book a bit. I'm excited. I'm excited to get my hands on it. Like I said, um, we'll get I, you a copy. <laughs> it's it's so important for um for us to uh, I don't know. I guess to empathize a little bit more with um with our fellow humans. Yeah, <laughs> illuminate the the voices, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, until next time. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> listening to the LGBT chat. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, the grass is always greener where you water it. Till next time.